This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan. We'll also have a report from Sierra Doctor. Starting things off, we have Harvest Hotline brought to you by Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Erskine, Minnesota farmer Brady Lee is on the home stretch of harvest for the year. Yields have been phenomenal. Just about done now. Definitely been a grind. We started about a month ago and had a few small pesky rain showers and then some wet sloppy snow that hung around for a week and a half and nice to finally get some decent weather again so we can get finished up. I mean it was dry but it didn't show too much stress from it so you know we thought it was going to be a decent crop but it kind of blew our expectations away. Um, I don't know where it found all the moisture to make the crop but definitely a really good one. My best crop ever as far as corn goes. A lot better than I ever expected it to be. Some weather delays actually helped the leaves stay caught up on field work. So we've just got this last field that we're working on to finish fertilizing and working. Um, one nice thing about the rain delays, I guess, was that we were able to keep up with tillage behind the combine. I mean, we're just a two-man operation, so if the combine's going, everything else is standing still. But we were able to keep up behind the combine, getting the ground worked, and conditions were nice, having just enough moisture to soften the dirt up. Harvest continues along the tri-state area of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. Dwayne Bussey says harvest is taking a long time. Yeah, we planted our corn kind of late back when we were a little bit wet. and uh, But that wetness, I can't argue with because it, it saved us, I think, during the summer when we did get a little drier. Yields are good. Uh, the weather's beautiful this week. So, honestly, there's really no place I'd rather be than out here taking some more corn off. But, uh, yeah, I got a full week and then maybe a few more days after that for us to go. But yields are good um, because of that moisture we had, so I can't complain. It's just the moisture of the corn has been coming off a little higher than we like, you know, around that 21% has been a lot of it, and that just takes time to dry. So it's a lot of drier speed stuff. Elevators are backed up, which is a good thing for the community as well. And Bussy said the fall weather has not been ideal for getting that corn to dry down. It, it's really been the fall weather. I think corn made it to maturity, even though it was planted late, but boy, it just, you look at the relative humidity, things like that, it's just not allowing it to dry down. And, you know, today's different. Today is great. Actually, we've got some fire danger stuff down here. Um, so today we might knock a point or point and a half off some of this corn, which will be very much needed and be really good news to hear to some of those elevator guys who are drying 24-7, of course. And that's Harvest Hotline brought to you by the North Dakota Mill, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Amity Technology. Dry and favorable weather conditions will allow fall harvest and field work to continue over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says the northern plains will see unusually dry and warm conditions, allowing for more completion of harvest and fall field work activity. World Weather says a few pockets of rain and snow shower activity will not likely have much of an impact on farming activity. Temperatures will turn colder during the second week of the two-week outlook. Warm to hot temperatures and little rain expected to continue in much of western, central, and northern Brazil through Saturday. World Weather Incorporated says regular rains and cooler temperatures will occur in central and northern Brazil Saturday through next week, Thursday. 
bringing significant relief from dryness for some and some crop improvement. Argentina is expected to see more sunshine than rain over the next two weeks, with field work expected to advance well. World weather says the rain is that's advertised for November 22nd through the 24th will be important for boosting soil moisture in the driest areas of Argentina. Bauer Trading President Jim Bauer says nervousness over the South American crop has the grains trading choppy and mixed. Uh, we know the Chinese scouts are scouting the crop development and planting progress inside, particularly Argentina, which had the drought last year. So far, it's gotten along pretty good, but then there's been some isolated problems in Brazil uh, early in the growing season. They probably still have somewhere around 40% to plant yet, but they'll get it done, and then they'll revert back to the main price determinant, which is basically what kind of weather we're going to have as we approach the reproduction stage of the plants. Uh, that's not to say there won't be some interday swings pretty wide, but be careful with your... Uh, Tickets, the volatility is trying to pick up dramatically. Spring wheat basis at regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, have improved 10 to 20 cents over the past two weeks. Basis ranges from 25 to 70 under the December Minneapolis futures contract. Corn basis mostly unchanged, ranging from 45 to 75 under the December futures. And soybean basis has widened by 10 to 15 cents, ranging from 85 to $1.15 under the January soybean futures contract. AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Burke says the livestock market has seen a decent recovery following last week's sell-off. Uh, you look at the chart and you see in a three and a half dollar move up here in the live cattle and feeder cattle. Uh, you know, anywhere from two and a half to three and a half dollars. You look at the chart and it doesn't even hardly make a scratch on it. We, we've seen such big moves and such violent moves that you're you're, you're watching a very positive three dollar day that. Uh, it's barely looking like it's trying to be a recovery. Uh, you're not even really crawling up to a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the moving averages, or you're not even seeing some of the, the resistance yet. So I think we still have a, you know, quite a bit of recovery opportunity available. I think the po most positive thing was CPI coming out not as bad as what we were expecting. National Cattlemen's Beef Association is opposed to USDA's decision to allow beef imports from Paraguay starting next month. NCBA has previously voiced concerns with USDA over Paraguay's history of foot and mouth disease. The cattle group says USDA's failure to use information from recent site visits in their risk assessment could pose a great risk to the U.S. cattle herd. Midwest Council on Agriculture, chaired by former House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson, is working toward the inclusion of a marker bill that would increase crop insurance in the next farm bill. Northern, North Dakota Senator John Hoven has taken an interest in the proposal. The MCA will gather for their annual meeting in Kansas City this Thursday. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor is in Spiritwood, North Dakota today at the official ribbon cutting ceremony for the Green Bison Soy Processing Plant. I'm here near Spiritwood, North Dakota at the Green Bison Processing Plant with uh, Green Bison President Mike Keller. Mike, we're here at the ribbon cutting, the official grand opening ribbon cutting of the processing plant. Tell me a little bit about what's happening today and um, you've already started accepting soybeans. Absolutely, yes. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, as you highlighted, uh, we are celebrating our ribbon-cutting ceremony today. 
Um, so we're excited uh, for the opportunity to celebrate and reflect back on the two-year process to get to this point. Uh, to your point, we did start receiving soybeans uh, at our facility on September 18th. We did begin our commissioning process in October and processed our first soybeans in October of 23, and we currently are running today as well. So, yeah, this, this event is something special. We're going to have over 150 people here at the ribbon cutting ceremony to celebrate uh, green bison. Yeah, um, and are you currently running at full capacity? And, and what does that look like as far as intake and um, how many kind of bushels and soybeans that is? Yeah, so our capacity in Spiritwoods is 150,000 bushels per day. Uh, we're currently running soybeans not at full capacity, uh, but uh, that's our, our max would be 150,000. Uh, we have storage on site as well that can handle obviously a lot more than uh, what we run on a capacity from a day perspective, but uh, but overall, yes, we're processing today. With those soybean pellets, do you already have uh, kind of consumers lined up, or where is that going afterwards? Yeah, we, we actually, in addition, we actually, uh, just step back here for a second, we started receiving, or excuse me, bidding for soybeans in January of 2023. So we've had a bid uh, to the external market now for, for many, many months, almost a year, Obviously, highlighted earlier, we started receiving in, in September uh, 18. Um, in the last probably 60 days, we've more, been more focused on selling our product to our end customer, if that's soybean meal or the soybean hull pellet. Um, so, yes, we have uh, customers that have purchased product, and they can reach out to us uh, at a 800 number or also look us up online where they can email us if they're interested to purchase our products as well. So it's... I would say to your, to your question, soybean hull pellets will be consumed more locally um, as it's just a smaller percentage of our overall product and the soybean meal will be more broad in, in reach. Anything else you wanted to add? No, I just uh, appreciate the support, an exciting day today. Um, if there's interested uh, suppliers or customers, they could reach out to us at 800-475-4291 or you can reach us online at greenbisonsoy.com. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Mike. That was Mike Keller, president here of the Green Bison uh, Processing Plant in Spiritwood, North Dakota, here at their ribbon cutting today. Reporting agriculture's business, this is Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Independent Beef Association of North Dakota is hosting their annual meeting the 17th and 18th of November. IBAND President Frank Tomek says it's their 18th annual meeting. Friday, November 17th, We'll have a resolutions meeting between 4 and 7 p.m. Anybody that's got any resolutions that they'd like to bring forward and put in our docket, they're certainly welcome to do so. That'll be part of our business meeting, which starts the next day at about 9 p.m. And discuss any old business, new business, any resolutions that anybody wants to go through. And then, of course, we'll have um, nominations to be put on the ballot. IBAND has mail-in ballots. So... After our nominations are made on Saturday, then we'll put them on a ballot, mail them out to all the members, and then they'll have a chance to vote on them. Tomac says there will be nominations open for director positions. IBAND is unique. We have two different districts and then a position at large. The District 1 is west of the Missouri River, and the District 2 is east of the Missouri River. And then, of course, the one position at large. They will be nominated at the meeting, but they will be voted for by mail-in ballot. Each individual director's responsibility is to make the rest of the board aware of everything that's happening from around the state. 
And that's the reason for the District 1 and 2, is to get the east side of the Missouri River represented as well as the west side where there are more cow-calf operators. Find more farm news by visiting us online at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. James Callan, Associate CEO Jim Callan, says beside the farm bill and the potential government shutdown, he's keeping a close eye on a proposed rule from the Environmental Protection Agency. The rule would have huge agricultural implications. There's been some significant developments on the pesticides and herbicide front. This draft herbicide strategy that EPA released which much of U.S. agriculture, if not almost all, um, is strongly um, against. And we, we, the groups with, uh, with whom I work, have filed comments. The comment period is now over. EPA has indicated it's, it wants to implement the strategy uh, by May of next year. And Callan says this is an attempt at land management. It establishes a list of species that would be impacted by herbicides, proposes types and levels of mitigations, and then the geographic extent of those mitigations. The problem is it has this efficacy point system that's hard to follow and would cause problems for folks who have uh, subsurface drainage and would require them to retain it when, in fact, that drainage is carefully managed, it's going through soil, so there's mitigation in and of itself. That's not counted. That's one example. It's a convoluted approach. It's complicated, and it really is an effort by EPA to get into land management, and that's a big problem for producers in the Red River Valley. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, December wheat, five and a half higher at 734 and a quarter, March three and a quarter higher. Chicago wheat down five at 573 and a half. Kansas City, a half penny lower at 641. December corn, a penny and a quarter higher at 478 and a half. March, a penny and three quarters higher. Soybeans, January futures, six higher at 13.88 and a quarter. March, six and a quarter higher at 14.01 and a quarter. Canola in Winnipeg, $13.40 a metric ton higher at 7.14.50. Live cattle, December futures, 82 cents higher at 175.75. February, a dollar 65 higher at 176.90. Feeder cattle, November contracts down 62 cents at 230.10. January feeder cattle, 47 cents higher at 228.77. December lean hogs, a dollar too lower at 72.32. February down a dollar too as well. This is the Red River Farm Network.